here this morning. And uh, wow, we're going to move fast. All right. Um, Let's take our Bibles and let's start in Genesis 12. We're going to do some Bible turning. And if you can keep up, great. And if you can't, don't feel bad. I'll read the verses. Um, Genesis 12. And um, this is probably a little unusual for me to, to come with this Sunday school lesson uh, this morning in, in a place where I'm not the pastor. Um, but uh, just since we've been here in Connecticut these last couple of weeks, and, and it's not unique to Connecticut. Um, we live in a very mobile society. We live in a society where kind of nobody sets down roots anymore, and we just kind of pick up and move where we want to, so on and so forth. But since I've been here in the state, and it hasn't been very long, a couple few weeks, um, I have had, I don't know how many people, but more people than I would anticipate for sure come to me and ask me about ideas about moving out of state. Now, honestly, if I lived in Connecticut, I think I could understand that. And, you know, not to discourage you, but I could. But honestly, I live in a place that I would not choose to live. And if somebody said to me, you know, uh, would you like to move? I would say, absolutely. In fact, of all the places we've lived, and we've lived in a few places, Eastern Tennessee is by far, hands down, my least favorite. I would not choose to live there. And if I had opportunity, I would, yeah, I would go. Um, in fact, I was just uh, a couple, well, it's been a, a month or so, I was uh, riding, I was giving uh, Dr. Don Siska a ride, and, and he was at one time the president general director of BIMI, Baptist International Missions, and, and uh, kind of really am privileged to be able to count him as a friend. And we were just talking uh, on the way as we were driving, and I said, hey, Doc, you know, the only thing with BIMI, the only really bad thing I can tell you, and we've got 98 acres of absolutely pristine, beautiful land, um, and our grounds are, are immaculate. We've got a beautiful building. I said, but you know, the only problem with it is it doesn't sit in Arizona because that's really where it should be because if, if I could choose, it'd be Arizona. Now, I love Canada, and I love living there, and there's great beauty, uh, but I want to I look at this and, and ask this question just because I want to move, do I get to? From, the, from a biblical standpoint. And let me just settle it. No. Actually, no. You say, well, that, that sounds kind of harsh. It's my life. No, it's not. You're bought with a price. Amen. Okay? Every day, we're supposed to die to self. And the truth of the matter is, we should grow where we are planted. If we, if we know God put us in a place, we should grow where we're planted until God says go somewhere else. And really, uh, you know, we don't have a hard time with getting up and saying, well, God's in control of this, 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 but I'll decide where I live. That is not a biblical concept. It really isn't. I'm not talking about whether I should live in house A or house B in a particular region. I'm talking about do I have the liberty as a Christian to get up and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to hit the road. I don't like it here any longer. I think there's some things we should consider. And I think, honestly, that the Bible lays it out very clearly for us how we can come to a conclusion. Am I where I'm supposed to be? And do I have liberty to go? Is God moving me somewhere else? And so how do we come to that place? Or how do we decide that? I want to start in Genesis 12. And I want us to understand something. Um, we always put the emphasis on the place. Well, I don't like this place. I'm going to move somewhere else. 
I don't like Connecticut. I'm going to move to Arizona. I'm going to move to, don't move to Tennessee. Trust me, I'm there. Uh, You know, um, I'm going to move to this place, that place, the other place. We always put the emphasis on the place. But I want us to understand that while that is a biblical concept, it is a biblical concept that does not exist. By the way, thank you for the intro, in this dispensation in which we live. It was an Old Testament dispensation principle that says you focus on the place. In the New Testament, we focus on something completely different. And actually, the order is almost reversed. And, and so we need to recognize that. In the Old Testament, God came to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, and he said, get thee out of thy country from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. So the focus is all on a place. We know that place as the promised land, right? So God said, Abraham, you get up and you move to a place. And the truth of the matter is, the whole of the Old Testament, as the children of Israel are moving, everything is always focused on the place, whether they're in the wilderness wanderings, trying to get to the promised land, whether they've been taken out of their place and put into exile and are held in bondage because of their sin, they still want to go back to the place, right? So all of the Old Testament's focused on the place, and the place is for them the promised land. Well, if you understand your Bible this morning and you understand dispensationalism, you understand that the place, that, that, that the promised land is really a picture of what? It's not a picture of heaven. It's a picture of the Christian life. So moving forward, we come into the New Testament era, and the dispensation in which we live, and I don't know, Pastor, how you call this particular dispensation. Some people call it dispensation of grace. I don't call it that only because I, there's always been grace in every dispensation in the church age. What's our focus? What should our focus be? Well, the, the, it's not the place any longer. Now it's a person. And that person has a name. And his name is Jesus. In Matthew 4... Verse 19 through 22, Jesus is speaking. He said unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So Jesus is moving a group of men from their place. But he's not saying, hey, listen, there's a new promised land. Or even as in their thought and in their minds, the kingdom. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And as Jesus said, now, in this New Testament age, you follow a, purpose, a person, he also gives the purpose. What's the purpose? Well, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And so, as we move from one place to another in this New Testament age, we have to do it with this idea. Am I following Jesus? Is he, is he in lead as I, as I move? And that move, according to what Jesus said, should be for the purpose of the furtherance of the gospel, not just for the purpose of the furtherance of my checkbook or I don't like the place or anything else. Now, obviously, God can move a person uh, in the secular world. So don't just say, this only applies to preachers and pastors. No, it applies to every Christian. It applies to every child of God. Um, I knew a man once who, who uh, got moved. He was a, a vice president of a bank. And he moved his family from one place to another because the bank moved him. 
But he also moved into a place where there was no church whatsoever and there was not going to be any furtherance of the gospel. And guess what? It did not work out well for him or his family. It is never God's will for us to move to a place where we're not going to be involved in the furtherance of the gospel. I think I shared sometime this week in these last couple of weeks as I've been here that I have, I have said to my friend and, and uh, the man that we call pastor down in Chattanooga, um, it, listen, if I had my choice, I'd pick up my stuff, I'd move to some remote place in the far north and I would never have contact with anybody. And the, really one of the one things that keeps me from doing that is this, how would I carry out the Great Commission? How would I be involved in the Great Commission? And so... In the Old Testament, it was a place. In the New Testament, it's a person. His name is Jesus. The purpose is the furtherance of the gospel. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And honestly, in the New Testament, the place is the very final thing and the least of all things we should consider. Think of the very first missionaries that were called out of the church and turn to Acts chapter 13 for a second. The very first missionaries in the history of the Bible called out of a local church were, were at Antioch. And it's Paul and Barnabas. And I want us to see something that's so very important. Because I, I teach this a lot with, with missionaries, and I talk to missionaries a lot and try to help them in this idea as well, and people considering missions. And they're always like, I don't know where God wants me to go. I don't know where God wants me to go. I don't know, I'm not sure of the place. And I keep telling them, listen, you're getting it wrong. Your focus is on the place, but God never, ever does that in the New Testament. It's a person, it's a purpose, and the place is really not for you and I to consider at all. Acts chapter 13 um, now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, which was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manan, and uh, which had brought up, uh, which was brought up with uh, Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted, and the Holy Ghost said, "Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, to Macedonia." That's not what it says, is it? Separate them to Thessalonica. That's not what it says. Separate them to Rome or Corinth. That's not what it says. But that's, that's our focus, always, seems like. Even when I talk to missionary candidates, this is the place. Well, I think a, somebody who gets as far as a missionary candidate should know that God is sending them to a particular place, and God will tell them that. What did God say? Separate them Whereunto I have called them, or rather, and the whole, uh, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted the Holy Ghost, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Again, follow a person, and there's a purpose. What's the purpose? The work. What's that work going to be? The furtherance of the gospel. Where are they going? <laughs> Wherever Jesus tells them to wherever the Holy Spirit of God leads them to. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed from Seleucia, and, they, uh, and, when they, uh, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when, they, uh, and when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. So what did they do when they got to that place, that first place, that first stopping place? They ministered. They carried out the purpose. 
led by the Holy Spirit of God, led by God himself. And what I want us to see is that in the New Testament, as God moves people, and he does, by the way, he does move people. I remember when I moved, you remember, when I moved from Quebec to Arizona, there was a certain pastor, who, by the way, is my friend today, um, but a, person, a certain pastor who was a supporting pastor who dropped our support and told me flat out, you are out of the will of God. God never moves anybody anywhere once he puts them in a place. I didn't argue with him. I wanted to say, Pastor, have you ever read about Paul? By the way, that, that pastor has moved all across this country. I think he knows now that God moves people. By the way, he's moved across this country always to a place where there was gonna be an opportunity for the furtherance of the gospel. And he's still involved in that today. And we're friends today. It's okay. But I'm saying that we have in our minds kind of two extremes. I can go anywhere I want. That's not right. I'm not my own. I'm bought for a price, with a price. I have to follow the leading of God. If God put me here, I don't, have the, I don't have the right. People would ask me in Arizona all the time, how long are you here for? And I always say the same thing. Until God says to do something else. I don't have the liberty to leave. This is, I mentioned in the morning in the early service that a lot of pastors don't stay like Pastor Shop for 35 years at one place. You better thank God that you have a pastor that stays for 35 years. A lot of pastors will leave because there's trouble in the church, this, that, and the other, or they're moving on to a bigger church. Guess what? He can't move unless God lets him move because if he moves from Harvest Baptist Church to go to another church and God didn't tell him he could, he moves out of the will of God. And when a Christian just says, you know, I don't like this place any longer, without checking with God, we, we stand in great danger of moving out of the will of God. And so in the New Testament, we follow a person, the purpose is the second thing we consider. Can I further the gospel there? In the place, honestly, who does that get left to? How many of your employers tell you where you have to show up for work? Everybody, right? Everybody who has a job has an employer who says, this is where you show up for work. If you work for, real simple, you work for Target, you say, you know, I don't feel like going to Target today. I'm done with Target. I'll go to Walmart. I want to just hang out at Walmart today. Guess what your employer's going to say? You're fired. Why? Because you're supposed to show up at Target because the person who employed you told you that that's where you're supposed to show up. And guess what? You could even take it this way. I work at Target in Torrington, but you know what? I'm sick of working at Target in Torrington. So next week, I'm just going to show up at Plainville with my Target badge, and I'm going to show up at Plainville and say, hey, I work for Target. What do I do? They're going to say, you better get back to Torrington. Why? Because you're out of place. Why? Because your employer said, I have a purpose for you in Torrington. That's where you work. What did the Holy Spirit of God say to Paul and Barnabas when he separated them for the church at Antioch? I'm gonna separate you to a work. He didn't say I'm separating you to a place. I'm separating you for a purpose. And then I'll tell you where you work. And the truth of the matter is, the place was a lot of places for, for Paul, wasn't it? Uh, and, and honestly, as you, I don't have time to go through this and develop it the way I'd like to, but study this out. You will find many times that Paul had a place he wanted to go to and God said no. You're going to go somewhere else. And Paul was obedient. 
One example, the Macedonia call. Read the verses previous to the Macedonia call when the man from Macedonia says, come over and help us. Where was Paul? He was in Galatia, Bithynia, Phrygia. He wanted to stay there. He was trying to bring the gospel there. The Holy Spirit of God said, nope. Two times it says, suffered him not, allowed him not. Same word means they forbid him. When, when he got the Macedonia call, he picked up and moved, even though he wanted to go to a different place. Why? Because he was following a person and he had a purpose. And the person he was following had him as his laborer, right? Isn't that what we are? Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he send forth laborers. Okay? So I'm just a laborer. I don't get to decide where I labor. The foreman, the boss, God, he gets to decide where I labor. You say, well, this is for missionaries and pastors. No, 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 no. Because everybody in the church has a ministry. Read Romans 12. Read, read 1 Corinthians. God has set them in the body, speaking about the local church, where it hath pleased him. So if you are a member of Harvest Baptist Church, you have been set here. If you know that God has put you at Harvest Baptist Church, you have been set here by God. Why? Because it pleases him. Why? Because he's got a purpose for you here. What's that purpose? Read Romans 12. You'll find out there are a lot of ministries in the local church. So you say, well, you know what? I'm just going to go somewhere else. You don't have liberty to do that. Not and stay in the will of God. So it's a person, it's a purpose, and least of all, it's a place. And we get it backwards because we're always about the place, the place, the place. And then we consider the purpose and the person after that. It's completely backwards. And so... I want to I wanna go through, and I'm just going to have to give them to you really, really quickly. As you're trying to figure things out, you say, okay, well, that, that seems to make sense to me, but then how would I know? How did you know that God moved you from Harvest Baptist Church to Quebec? How did you know that God moved you from Quebec to Arizona? How did you know that God said, okay, now it's time to leave Arizona and go to Chattanooga, where nobody on purpose would live, <laughs> and start and work in this new ministry. How did you know that? Let me give you some things to consider and not to consider. <laughs> all right? Just maybe write these down. First of all, and this one's hard, but as you're considering, one of your primary things you should not be considering is family and friends. Now, I know that that sounds really, really hard. But Jesus said, look, if you don't hate your, your family, <laughs> you can't even follow me. Did he mean really literally hate them? No, he just means if you have more love for your family and you're going to do what your family says as opposed to following me, you don't deserve to follow me. In fact, he said, you can't even be my disciple if that's how you operate your life. He didn't say you couldn't be saved. There's a difference between salvation and discipleship. So you don't consider family and friends, not, not at the first. Since God has been moving people in, our, in, the, in the Bible, since we have record of God actually coming to somebody and saying, move, he has been constantly moving them from family and friends. Isn't that what he did in, in, in Genesis chapter 12? Now the Lord said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. Into a land I will show thee. Since God has been moving people, 
he has been moving them from family and friends. It's not that God's not for the family. Obviously, he is. Jesus said, if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life, he cannot be my disciple. What is he saying? If, if you decide I will not go and I will not follow the Lord to where he tells me to go because it would separate me from family and friends, Jesus said, you're not my disciple. He didn't say you're not saved. He said, but you are not, a, what is a disciple? A committed follower of Jesus Christ. So we don't consider family and friends first. I'm not saying they never come into the mix. I'm just saying if they're the priority, be careful because you have an idol in your life. And, and God has a way of dealing with idols. Because anything we put before God is an idol, is it not? I mean, that's Bible, right? So be, be, be very careful. Number two, as you're, and I'm, I'm going way faster than I probably should, and I hope you'll catch these things. Um, number two, your feelings. <laughs> we are a, a, a society that is governed by our emotions anymore. How's that working out? Do not go by your feelings and your emotions. If I had a dollar for everybody who came to Arizona and said, he said, hey, what brought you to Arizona? Just felt like the right place. And, and you know that, that, that free spirit of the West, you read it, you, you, if you ever watch old Westerns, right, the free spirit of the West, that's a real thing. People would literally be in your church, in our church, three, four years, solid, every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, preacher, midweek service, they're there. And they'd come in, and literally, they'd come into you. I had, people do this. Yeah, today's our last service. Why? What happened? Oh, it's just time to move. Well, where are you going? Oh, we don't know yet. We'll just kind of feel it out. But are you mad? Oh, no, no. Everything's perfect. It's just time to move. I got so frustrated with that. I started calling pastors who had been there a long time. And I said, hey, what's this deal? Is this, like, unique to me? And they would laugh at me. They're like, oh, no, get used to it. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to get used to it. We're going to fix it. <laughs> we're going we're to start training people that this is not the way you're supposed to operate. It's not just because I was losing people out of the church. It's truly not the way we're supposed to operate. Paul said to the Romans, now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oft times I purpose to come to you. Romans 1 and verse 13. Often, I tried to get there. I wanted to get there. I longed to get there. I yearned to get there. What was he going for? Well, he was going that he might have fruit among them. So he was even going for a good purpose. He wanted to go. His feelings were in it. His heart was in it. Even had a right purpose. Romans 15, verse 20 says this. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and, 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 and they that have not heard shall understand, for which cause I have been much hindered from coming to you. See what Paul said? I've been wanting for a long, long time to get to you in Rome. But here's what hindered me. You say, was it Satan? No. The gospel, the furtherance of the gospel, that stopped me from moving because I had to preach the gospel in these other places before I could get to where I wanted to go and see you. 
Then he says this, verse 23, but now having no more place in these parts, I'm done, I've done my work here, and having a great desire these many years to come to you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come unto you, for I trust to see you in my journey, and to, this is so key, and to be brought on my way. And if we could understand, if we could, if you, sometime circle that word brought, do a word study on the underlying Greek of that word, study it out. If you could come to an understanding of that word, I'm convinced we could come to an understanding of missions as a whole, and that's a whole different message. Wow, okay. Um, your feelings don't count. Sorry to tell you that. I know it's, it's not popular, but even Paul said, look, it, I, I wanted to go here. Did Paul not want to stay in Bithynia, Phrygia? Yes, he did. Absolutely he did. But he couldn't consider those things. Why? He had a greater purpose. Can I remind you and I, we have a greater purpose. I can understand why anybody would want to escape the Socialist Republic of Connecticut. I can. I, I, I totally, totally, totally get it. But God said, you know what? You're my soldier in this place at this time for such a time as this. And God needs some people who he has chosen, who it has pleased him to place them in the body right here. Because we, we still, you know what? The answer for Connecticut isn't to get your voting right. It's to get the message right. And the message isn't vote for this guy or that guy. The message is Jesus saves. That's the message. So put your feelings aside. I've told my wife a hundred times, if I told her once since I've been here, I'm so glad I don't live in Connecticut. She always tells me, you better be careful. <laughs> Number three, quickly. What time did you tell me, preacher? 20 after. Arizona time? Okay. Number three. Here's another thing we get caught up with. If we're going to look at, 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 at the purpose, maybe we don't look so much at the place, but, but we do. We consider the place, and here's what we consider. Is it a fruitful place, or is it a fruitless place? You want to know why a lot of preachers don't come to Connecticut? Not lots of fruit. Want to know why people are anxious to go to places like the Philippines? Revival. Who doesn't want to go hang out where there's revival? And a lot of people will move. And they say, well, the purpose is ministry. You know why it's so hard for us to get people to go to Greenland? You say, well, because it's always cold and it's not green. It's always white. That's not why. Because there's not a ton of fruit. Do you realize that the first independent Baptist missionary in the history of forever that we can tell has been in Greenland for only 10 years? We have neglected Greenland for, 10, for, for centuries. Why? Because we wrote it off. Not going to be a lot of fruit there. It's going to take somebody who's just going to go and give their whole life. And guess what? Maybe they'll start to see a little bit of a, a nucleus of a church and start planting and sowing and watering. And somebody else is going to come reap fruit. You know that? I did that in Quebec and Shikudami. There were guys there before me. And we saw a lot of good things happen in Quebec. We really did. In, in, in five years, five short years, and by the way, I fought with God for a whole year about moving out of Canada. For a whole year, I told God, no way am I going to Arizona. I am not going to Arizona. Oh, God said, we'll see. Five years, we saw five guys called to preach. If they're not dead, they're in the ministry today. If they're not in heaven, they're in the ministry today. 
So we saw some good things. But that was just me reaping fruit from people who had gone before me. It wasn't me. It was God giving the increase. Paul labored in Thessalonica for three weeks. Tremendous fruit. Model church of the New Testament. He labored in Corinth for a year and six months. That was a pits. Not such a great church. So we shouldn't go just based on where there's fruit and where there's not fruit. Because remember this. God gives the increase. And guess what? If I could be totally wrong. You just say, well, you just said somebody's going to go to Greenland and they're going to spend their whole years and maybe get a nucleus. Or there could be a revival. It's just what God wants to do. So we don't go based on fruitfulness or fruitlessness. We don't go on frustrations. Don't let frustrations be the thing that guide you. Here's one thing I've learned. Doesn't matter where you live, there's going to be frustrations. Here's one thing I've learned. No offense, because I'm one too. Where there are people, there are going to be frustrations. <laughs> Just, it's as simple as that. And guess what? Even if you decided to go and say, you know what, I'm going to go it alone, it would not be long before you were frustrated with yourself. So we don't go based on, on frustrations. These are not the things that we should consider first. Frustrations are a dime a dozen, and they're everywhere. So how do I do this? How do I figure this out? And there was a lot more I wanted to tell you there. Here's how you figure it out. I'm following a person. You say, but that person doesn't speak audibly to me like he did to Abraham. No, he did something better. He gave me a more sure word of prophecy. Right here. So how do you decide? You read his word. You trust the Holy Spirit of God to guide you into all truth and then to move you according to his will. And I would say this. You and I in the New Testament era do not have the liberty, the right, to just pick up and say, I'm just going to go where I want to go. Unless God says, yep, I'm on board. So how could you figure that out? Can you really figure that out? Acts 13 verse 2 was the verse that God helped me with in Arizona. Because I, wanted, I was focused on the place, in Quebec rather, I was focused on the place. Preacher, I think you remember that when we were first focused on Quebec, there were people who said, you're going to have to be a little bit more open-minded about this whole shikutami thing. It may not be shikutami. I said, no, no, I know it's going to be, it's going to be that place. And it's going to be Quebec. And when we were getting ready to be done in Shakutami, I really thought it would be Quebec again. And that's why I said to God, not Arizona, no way. And God said, wait a minute. I didn't separate you to a place. I separated you to a work. You work for me. I'll tell you where to work. I had you work in, in, in Quebec, but now I'm going to have you work in Arizona. And when I want, if I want, and it serves my purposes, I'll have you work somewhere else also. But if I want you to stay, don't you get up and leave because you don't have liberty. Numbers chapter 9. Let me give you this just quickly. I'll try to wrap this up. Numbers chapter 9. The children of Israel are in the wilderness. They're trying to get to the place, right? It's all focused on let's get to the promised land. But even then they understood something. If God doesn't say, we shouldn't move. 
Numbers 15, or Numbers 9, rather, verse 15. And on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. And at, at even, there was upon the tabernacle, as it, as it were, the appearance of a fire until the morning. So it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Verse 17 says, then, the, then after that the children, and the cloud was taken up rather from the tabernacle, then after that the children of Israel journeyed. Verse 18 says, at the commandment of the Lord of the children of, uh, uh, the children of Israel journeyed, and at the commandment of the Lord they pitched as long as the cloud abode on the, upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents and when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle, many days, by the way, if you read through this, you're going to find out sometimes months and longer, they stayed. According to the command, verse 20, of the Lord. Verse 20 again, according to the command of the Lord, they journeyed or they abode in their tents. Verse 21 says whether it was by day or by night. Verse 22 says whether it were two days or a month or a year. Doesn't matter. God takes the cloud away, you move. God has the cloud on the tabernacle, you stay. Don't move when things are cloudy in your mind. At the commandment of the Lord, verse 23, they, they rested in the tents. At the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. At the commandment of the Lord, they either stayed or they left. Seven times in seven verses, God's Holy Spirit had recorded for us how we can figure out whether we should stay or go. If it's cloudy in your mind, you don't move anywhere. If it's clear, you stay. Cloudy or clear, you mean weather-wise? No. I mean this right here. This is a more sure word of prophecy. This is what's going to tell me. I remember when Dr. Schneider called and he said, hey, listen, uh, this will be, be an unusual conversation. Uh, it was a Friday afternoon. I didn't think he was mad at me, and I liked him at that point. Um, I said, well, how unusual could it be? And he said, well, it'd be pretty unusual. I said, well, let's just have it. And he said, well, I'm calling to ask you to be our far north director. I was like, that's pretty unusual. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. And uh, I said to him specifically, I said, well, I don't think so. I don't think that's what God has in our future, but I can promise you this. I'll pray about it, and I'll look at God's word and see what God wants us to do. The more I prayed, the more it became to me in my mind, this was what God was going to have us do. And I talked to Paul, and she seemed to be heading that way too. I called Dr. Snyder one day, and, and, and during that whole time, I'm praying and I'm asking, I'm saying, what in the world? It seems like yes, so much so that now I'm looking for verses. I remember a pastor friend saying to me that, he got, that God moved him from point A to point B, and the verse he used was, you have circled this mountain long enough. And I thought, oh, I, I, Mountainside Baptist Church, maybe I'll circle this mountain long enough. I started looking for that verse. I knew that wasn't the way it was supposed to work. So I'm reading one day, or I'm, I'm, I'm going through this, and I called Dr. Snyder, and I said, hey, listen, it's more yes than no now, but I have nothing from the word of God. What do you think I should do? He said, I would just tell God, I, I need to know by, and I would set a date on it. I said, really? He said, yeah, that's exactly what I'd do. I said, okay, well, what could, what could go wrong? So that next day, I prayed. God, I need to know. I read from the chapter in Numbers that we just read from. Seven times I read they moved or they stayed based on what God showed them, whether it was cloudy or, or, the, or the fire came. And I said, God, would you please make it so clear from your word from your word, that you want me to go or stay so that it's like the sun coming through the clouds on a rainy day. Would you do that? 
Would you do that by Tuesday? I prayed that on a Friday morning. Saturday, I went to a send-off for a missionary out of our church to, and, and her husband going to Ethiopia. And, um, and a pastor that knew me uh, said to me, he said, were you in Canada before? And I said, yeah. That was literally like the end of it. Or actually, he said, where did you serve? That was what he said. He said, where did you serve before you were here? And I said, Canada. I said, I might have said something about Quebec, and the conversation went on. My wife was there. She was watching this whole thing. Only she and I know that we're, we're praying about. About 25 minutes later, he stops, and he looks at me, and he goes, Hey, did you ever think that God might have put you in Arizona, moved you from Canada to Arizona so you could do something in Canada again? And I looked at him straight in the eyes, and I said, You're weird. No. That is so strange. My wife was like, I can't believe he just said that. And I remember thinking in the back of my mind, okay, God, it seems like it could be getting a little sunny. But I said to God, that's not your word. Could you from your word show me? Sunday morning, we went to, we went to church. We always read our missionary prayers in our, Sunday, in our Sunday school. We had a missionary who always, always, always put a Bible verse at the start of, 100% of his prayer letters always started with Bible verse. 99.9% the, the Bible verse tied into something in his letter. That Sunday morning, as I had been praying to God, like the sun coming through the clouds on a cloudy day, his verse was Acts 13.2, separate them unto the work where I've called them. His letter never went back to it, ever. Ever, he never mentioned, it was like, why did he even put that verse there? Can I tell you why he put that verse there? Because somebody needed to see it again. I needed to be reminded. God said, I have separated you to a work, and I'm gonna tell you where to work. And we picked up and moved out of Arizona to Chattanooga, where I would never go on purpose, because God said, it's time to move. I don't know who that was for, if that helped you this morning, but I hope it does. We're not our own. We're bought for a, with a price. We don't get to move just because we feel like it. Preacher.